Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Sam North, the trading school lead here in the UK, and it is my pleasure to be joined today by eToro popular investor, Ed Butler. Ed has 85,000 followers, over 11,000 copiers, and has been trading with eToro since 2016. Since then, he has made a return of over 1,300%. Ed, it feels like I've just nominated you for for an Oscar with that speech, but it is great to have you on with us today. Really looking forward to it. Thank you, Sam. Very warm introduction. Very happy to be here. Awesome. Um, the three topics I'd like us to, to cover today, uh, tech stock performance, which of course is, is really at the forefront of, of news at the moment. Also, can't really do uh, this podcast without talking about the recent crypto volatility. And also, I'm really looking forward to this because um, I do want to learn a bit more about this industry. So we'll, we'll finish up talking about the cannabis industry potential for, for that going forward. Uh, but to get started, uh, in recent months, uh, and certainly still weeks, regardless of actually not a bad day for tech yesterday, we have seen this rotation out of the tech stocks with some of the big names quite a way off their highs. Do you feel this still has legs to continue or are we starting to get to the stage, and maybe yesterday was that, where some of these stocks look good value in your opinion, actually we could start to push higher? Well, that's the big question really, isn't it? Um, I think personally, I, this has lasted longer than I anticipated initially, but now we're at this stage, it could very feasibly continue. Um, to be honest, looking at some of the valuations in you know, the previous weeks, I thought they were good value then. I think they're even better value now potentially. And when we look at some of the big stocks, some of the, their price earnings ratios have really come down. But it's so, so difficult to say. There's so many different macro forces pushing and pulling these stocks in multiple directions. So the market feels quite hesitant at the moment. It's in a kind of a strange quandary. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, it, it's, it's quite interesting to see how this develops. It's certainly been really in the news for quite a long time. And I'm, I'm with you. It has lasted a bit longer than I thought. But the longer it lasts, it's almost, oh, hang on. <laughs> Can it continue to... <laughs> To drift lower for a bit. I've got quite a few friends and ex-colleagues that are still in tech and they're yeah, starting to get a little bit worried. Um, moving on, the words, well, the probably the, the two most common words at the moment are inflation and transitionary. They've never been used so much. Do you buy this inflation story or are you more on the some of the, the, the Federal Reserve members where they feel like it is more transitionary? Yeah, probably the latter a bit for me, I think. It's ultimately inevitable that inflation is coming, I think. It's just, a, a, I guess, you know, to what extent are we going to see it? Um, You can't pump in trillions of dollars into an economy, give people stimulus checks, and subsequently open up that economy and think that there isn't going to be wide levels of spending and and subsequent to that, you're going to get inflation. So it's definitely coming. But the the big question is to what extent, I think. Um, For me, I, I think... We can still be very, well, I'm relatively bullish this year and, and next year. Um, we probably will see some some tightening of, of uh, monetary policy across the US and other countries as well. 
we might see some tapering um, this year. I think that's been hinted at in terms of uh, the Fed reducing the amount of money that they are um, spending on a monthly basis in terms of investing in bonds. And then beyond that, of course, uh, the big thing is interest rates. So if interest rates rise, that has a, um, a more profound impact on growth stocks. And you know, as a technology investor, particularly, uh, a lot of those companies I invest in fall into that category. Um, so there is that, I guess, that kind of nebulous coming up where we don't really know which direction this is going to go. We know it's coming, but to what extent, how deep is it going to be? Um, I think that personally, I don't see anything that suggests to me that inflation is going to get to levels whereby it's going to have a huge impact on performance. Um, I think that we will see, and we're seeing it now, it's, it's cautious. Investors are cautious. Analysts are cautious. Um, and that caution is well-founded. Um, but I'm not overly concerned personally. I, I think that um, throughout this growth and what we'll see in 2020 is a, um, a real return to, to huge revenues across a number of sectors. Um, but when you combine that, I guess, with the rotation away from technology, which is equally expected given you know we're coming out of a pandemic and people are starting to return to retail and travel and leisure um, with all those factors combined you can see why the markets are starting to stutter a little bit now and yes yes it's a great example i mean we had a day yesterday of, of relatively healthy growth and every time that happens you think maybe this is the end of, of this little dip um, and then of course there's a little bit more volatility around the corner so ups and downs and and yeah and all over the place um but in the long term i'm i'm still relatively optimistic um i think there will be some turbulence along the way um but i think we will return to probably a more steady growth than we saw last year yeah i'm i'm with you on that i i did a a poll not long ago maybe a week ago and it was asking people whether they thought this time next year if the fed would have raised interest rates or not and i was very surprised at the result. I think it was 70% saying yes. And for me, tapering, absolutely, end of the year, beginning next. But to raise rates, I mean, that really caught me by surprise that that many people were thinking that. Or maybe they would just knew that I was going on a podcast and wanted me to, to say something different to, to what I, I thought. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see the, how that goes. Um, but yeah, with, with tech performance clearly hampered over the, the recent weeks and months, I guess this, this shows just how important it is to be diversified, right? Absolutely. And I think diversification often gets a bad name. Um, I've heard it called diversification, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. Um, to me, diversification has always been important, um, now more so than ever. And I think it really comes to the fore when we see volatility like this. Um, we've seen lots of growth in the retail investment space, lots of new investors. Um, and times have been good. It was really difficult to lose money last year. Yeah. So everyone kind of jumps in on that bandwagon, on that momentum. Um, and then in the last couple of months, since mid-February or so, we start to see this volatility and this sort of downward trend. Uh, and all of a sudden, people do start to realise and really take note, particularly more, more novice investors, um, in terms of the importance of diversification. So yeah, it, it fundamentally it always comes down to the risk appetite of each individual investor. If you're feeling really risky, perhaps you, you know, it's less important in your portfolio. Um, but for those that are hoping for a relatively steady growth and are looking to sort of really bring down that volatility, diversification is unquestionably sort of one of the easiest and, and best ways to do that. Um, you know, if you have five companies in one sector you think are going to make 20% in a year, but you can identify five companies that are going to make 20% across a number of sectors, go for the latter. You know, reduce that risk, make the same return. Um, it, it seems to add up to me. So always important that always comes to the fore a bit more, always gets a bit more attention diversification when we're in market conditions like these. Yeah, great advice. And I'll tell you what I absolutely love 
that word uh, diversification. I'd never heard that before. So I'm going to, I'm going to be, be chucking that in every now and again, but yeah, no, great advice. I think it is important to, to be diversified, but absolutely, you know, like you said, it does depend on, on the individual, their risk appetite and, and how they want to go, uh, go about it. It does feel like we are in a bit of a stock pickers market at the moment. Like you said, last year, everything was going up certainly in the well the, the the last half of the year so it does feel a bit more tricky now uh, but being diversified can can help with that uh moving on to to probably the main headline i think in 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 financial markets last last week was the crypto volatility it was insane um 2 weeks ago myself and and Josh Gilbert uh, on this podcast were talking about how there could be a potential correction and what might lead to that i feel like we really jinxed the market because the next day it did start to to tumble a bit um well what are your thoughts on the last few days again and a market yesterday that actually recovered a touch but overall yeah what, what are your thoughts on the the last week and a bit well it's it's been an absolute whirlwind hasn't it um reminds me of the the old days of crypto back in 2017 <laughs> 2018 um I, I, yeah i think with with growth that we've seen in this sector to me, it seemed inevitable that a correction, if we're going to call this a correction of sorts, was around the corner. Um, it was always just a question of when. Yeah. And I'm relatively unsurprised, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's easy to say that now when we're on the other side of this, this volatility. Um, I think what we're looking at now is a, a reconciliation period. There's been a huge support and huge growth in this area. There's you know, more institutional investment and backing. I mean, equally as well, retail investors have absolutely piled into to cryptocurrencies. I'm, in terms of looking at silver linings, relatively happy that this has happened now. The longer this was growing, the more this gathered momentum, the harder this would hit. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of good to have this period of you know, reflection and then also a bit more caution in the markets, I think. Um, yeah, from here, who knows? Who, whoever knows where crypto is going. It's always up, down, spinning around all over the place. Yeah. Um, so it could, it could go anywhere in the short term, in the medium term. I imagine that we will return to, to growth fundamentally. But at the same time, you look at 2018 and there was a wobble at the start of 2018 and everyone thought it was just a, a temporary thing. And then we had a, a full year of some, some really tough markets. So you know, I, personally, I'm trading with caution. I, I don't want to reinvest now. I don't want to buy the dip. I feel like there's, there's plenty of risk there and I don't want to, to bring that into my portfolio. Um, but at the same time, other people might take the view that this is a really good opportunity um, and they might want to either buy in or average themselves into the markets. Uh, and yeah, I, I can't really argue against that. Um, it's really, really in the balance. Crypto is always exciting. Always, always good fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, always uh, um, have to be very, very careful with it as well. No, absolutely. Because, you know, you are getting these markets that are, you know, down 10, 20, 30, 40% in a day, which is just insane, really, when you think about it. Um I, I was speaking to to a friend not long ago, and he's of the view that in 20, 30 years' time, what were or what are right now your Amazons, your Googles, your Microsofts are going to be replaced by crypto companies. And, you know, yes, we've had this, this crash lower, but, you know, I guess the question is, for some of these projects, is it the right time to buy or not? But I think you made a good point. It really is going to come down to the individual, their risk appetite, um it it's hard to say isn't it where where we're going to go from here do we push on is this the bottom i mean i don't know do, do you think there's um do you think there's a potential correlation between 
maybe you know if the fed were to start tightening you know this 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 could also lead to to crypto coming down do you feel there's any sort of correlation there at all that you've witnessed potentially and that's actually been a question of the last few years is is what does crypto represent um in correlation with other other factors in the market um some people are starting to say it might be a safe haven asset of sorts you know when things are turning south turn to crypto because it seems relatively impervious to those conditions I'm not convinced. I think crypto is its own beast. Um, I think that it will do what it wants when it wants. Uh, and a lot of the time, you know, it is event driven. Um, we've seen news coming from China, um, Elon Musk's tweets, even the US Treasury getting on board now and saying they might impose some more regulations. So in large part, it is driven by, by events like that. But at the same time, it seems to shake those off, do its own thing. And uh, yeah, I think there is there is definitely some value in saying it. And there's, you know, you can probably make the case to say that there are correlations with um, the Fed, upcoming inflation, other assets, other markets, other industries. Um, but I haven't seen anything personally um, that uh, solidifies that view in my mind. Um, crypto is, a yeah, as I said, a bit of a lone wolf in that regard or, or do what it pleases. It's certainly its own beast. Um, moving on to our last topic. And as I mentioned, my knowledge on on this industry is relatively limited, but I am I'm keen to to know a bit more. So I will be getting my notepad out here. Ed, uh, no pressure. Um, but over recent recent months and, and years, I guess, we have seen the, the cannabis industry gather more attention, more momentum. What are your thoughts on the industry as a whole? Is it here to stay? Should investors be taking more of a note, in your opinion? Good question. Um, I think definitely here to stay. Um, if we take a look and maybe just as an overview to start, um, the cannabis sector has really gathered pace. Um, but it's been over a long period of time, really. A lot of this is very much also related to the legalization or decriminalization of, of cannabis as well. Um, and there's a, you know, it's hugely correlated with rumors of, of when that's going to happen in the US and North America, but across the world as well. So what we saw um, was towards the end of 2017, we saw quite a, a large gathering of, of gains. Um, and then 2018, a wobble, volatility, 2019, downward decline. Into 2020, again, towards the end of 2020, we really saw, saw it gather momentum again. And at that point, I think that was largely very much related to Biden becoming president. Yeah. Um, you have Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, others involved with the Democratic Party who have put their voices behind decriminalization of cannabis. Um, and that really excited investors. What we haven't seen since then, actually, um, is that much action. So it hasn't been the first 100 days of Biden's presidency. There's more complications there behind the scenes. And what we will see, I don't think there's going to be this sort of this single point where it becomes completely legal across the US, which is obviously a huge potential market. Um, I think we'll see decriminalization initially, um, and then we'll see it kind of grow from there and kind of become more accepted. Um, whether that spreads more to Europe and other places is yet to be seen. But the reality is, when you look at the figures, when you look at um, not just potential revenue, but even revenues now, this is a big market. It is and has been overpriced historically as well, because I think people see and think, you know, legalization will lead to complete market opening and, and an absolute flood of investment. Um, so there are some, some very, very high share prices in that sector. Um, but at the same time, you know, the potential for growth there is large. The market is there. It's just kind of shackled at the moment by legislation. Um, and if that starts to be removed um, and we see that unshackling, uh, then the potential for growth, as I said, is, is, is really quite large. So it all kind of depends. It hangs in the balance a little bit. Um, but for me, it's definitely not going to go the other way. We're not going to see more criminalization of it. 
So I think it is only heading in one direction if you take a very long-term view, which is how I've shaped my portfolio. Yeah, well, look, timing is 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 certainly key, isn't it? Um, fascinating insight, though. Definitely something I'm going to be looking into a bit more. In terms of, of companies, individual stocks, are there any that are, are on your radar for for now for the long term that you are thinking you know what this this could be something that yes in my long-term portfolio is something that can can generate profits over over the longer term yeah there's definitely plenty in contention um i like to generally split it between two sorts of categories so i think you have general cannabis or um, products um, distribution production and then at the same time you also have the therapeutic side and the medical side of things as well and often that line is blurred. You have various companies doing both, but they're relatively different sectors for different reasons. What you'll tend to find is that the those that are producing, distributing, are much more correlated with news about regulation um, and whether or not they can continue to grow. And those sorts of companies, you're looking at Aurora, Tilray, some of the big names, really. Uh, and they are very, very volatile, understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, you have those companies that are looking more into therapeutics. So you look at companies like Zenerba, Kronos, Cara, Corbus, um, and they're looking in a lot of cases at very specific scenarios. So you have some that are looking at um, fibrotic diseases like cystic fibrosis. You have Zenerba looking into treatments for epilepsy um, and Tourette's and things like that as well. If there is a breakthrough amongst any of those those companies, who knows where they're going to go, you know? What I ha- I've been largely surprised by is that with decriminalization, there has been more room for research in this area, but there hasn't really been those huge breakthroughs and that traction that I expected in the therapeutic side. That might still be coming. There's definitely plenty of, of use cases and scenarios where cannabinoid research and drug development um, is going to have some positive effects, but we haven't really seen the breakthrough that I anticipated in the last three or four years or so. That's not to say it isn't around the corner. Um, at the same time, there's going to be some stumbles as well. We saw we saw Cara Therapeutics um, have some really staggeringly poor uh, phase two clinical trials with one of their what their drugs called Suva, uh, and the share price, you know, cliff edge absolutely plummeted. Yeah. So very very dangerous place to be. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those where you know, with a spark, um, you could see some some real growth there. Watch this space then. Is, exactly is that. We'll, uh, leave that. Fascinating <laughs> podcast. Great to have you you on, Ed. And and for our listeners, I'm sure they, they found that fascinating. It'd be great at some point if we could do you know a longer podcast where we get to know you a bit more about your investing strategy over the years and and uh, yeah, touch upon diversification, not diversification uh, as well. Um, but guys, look, thank you for listening to the podcast. You can learn more about the markets by visiting our eToro Trading School. We'll be back next week, but thanks for listening. And Ed, thank you very much for joining as well. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.